everyone. Welcome to Crossroads Church and Ministries on this last Sunday of January. That's right, I said it, the last Sunday of January. Um, and um, yes, we are reasonably well representative by Lions fans up here. Go again. Lions! Right. I thought we'd get... I thought we'd get that out of the way right at the beginning. Although, you know, since, since Teshna is speaking today, you know it won't be the last time. Yeah, this is the closest I had to Honolulu Blue. I apologize for that. So anyway, we're so grateful that you're here with us this morning. Um, folks that are online today, we say good morning to you as well. And I'm uh, grateful that you've, you've decided to take a little bit of time with us, whether it's live, maybe it's later on in the week. But we hope that you'll experience the peace of God, the shalom of God that Tesha is going to talk about with us uh, in just a little bit. We'll be receiving communion and praying together in just a bit. So if you haven't already done so, make sure to get your communion elements. And if you'd like to share your prayers with us uh, on Facebook, uh, you can do so. Uh, and if you'd like to give online, you can give at ccmonline.org slash give. So for our online service folks, we say good morning to you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good morning. Our call to worship this morning is um, coming from Psalms 37. And if you want, you can go ahead and read with me or... Let these words wash over you. Um, sometimes we need that, even for encouragement within ourselves, to have people speak words over us, right? All right. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Amen? Amen. So this morning, as we come to the table to take communion together, I'm going to lead us in our communion liturgy. There will be some parts in bold that we will say together. If it's not in bold, I'll read it. So, as Jesus broke bread, we break this bread. As Jesus shared wine, we share this cup. We are here because Jesus has called us. Strangers and friends, locals and visitors, believers and doubters, the certain and the curious. It is always a mixed company that Jesus gathers and invites to his table, where in bread and wine he meets us, and through him, we who are different are joined to each other. Are there bold parts? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just keep reading. <laughs> so come not because you understand, but because you are understood. 
come not because of how you feel, but because God has food for you. Come not because you deserve a place, but because Jesus invites you just as you are. Jesus met people, heard their stories, and shared his. It was at a table that he shared profound insights into who God is and what God wants. And it was at at a table with bread and wine that he initiated the sacrament we now celebrate. So come to this table. Leave behind any baggage or arrogance or unworthiness. Do not think this is not for me. Think rather of Jesus saying, I am for you. And accept his invitation to be the friend he cherishes and longs to feed. So together we'll say, Jesus, we remember you. So I'll invite our communion servers to the front. If you would like to receive communion and a blessing from a server, you may come up front. Um, We also have self-containers back there if you would feel safer taking communion that way. Well, who could use some more peace today? Sometimes you come into church and you're like, oh, we're talking about what I want. Great. (laughs) That is helpful. I'm so excited to hear, Teshna, what you've got to say to us today. And I'm just going to share a few opportunities to engage with Crossroads, whether that's serving or growing or connecting with others in the upcoming weeks. So first, I want to share next week during our service time on February 4th, um, we're going to be doing Experiencing Crossroads as a whole congregation. So Experiencing Crossroads um, has been like our Welcome to Crossroads class where you learn what we believe and how our leadership works and all that stuff. And we decided to do it on a Sunday morning with all of us. Um, Because there's been a lot of changes in the last five years. And I think it can be hard to describe crossroads. I don't know if anybody else finds that problem. And I, I have this problem where I say, well, it's not this, and it's not this, and it's not this. And so we want to talk about what it is, right? And how do we share with people in our life who need peace, who need joy, who need a community to help carry them through um, all of the days of their life. Um, We want to help give some language. So Scott and Claire, AJ and I are going to kind of have a group conversation. And then afterwards, we're going to have pizza. You're going to grab some food, grab grab your kids. And if you're able to stay, um, we're going to have a QA and a time um, so that we can ask questions and make sure that everybody can be heard in this conversation about what Crossroads is and what it means to all of us. Um, and if you would like to bring a dessert to share, you are welcome to do that, and we would love to enjoy dessert with you as well. And then after that Sunday, we're coming up, we're getting close to Lent, so we wanted to highlight that um, Wednesday, February 14th, um, is Ash Wednesday as well as Valentine's Day, which is an odd pair. Um, so we're going to have our Ash Wednesday service at 6.30 per p.m. Um, up in the cafe, and we would love if you want to join us to start the Lenten season that leads us into Easter as a church community. And then we also wanted to highlight that this year we're going to be doing wilderness camp. So our kids just came out of Christmas camp where we talk about the arrival of Jesus, um, and we're going to be together with kindergarten through eighth grade in the cafe um, again for Lent, talking about the ministry and life of Jesus together. And we're also going to kick off the Lenten season with a discovery retreat. So if you are able to take three hours on a Saturday morning, this is a space to get away, to intentionally pause, um, and to hear God's leading in your life as we start this season of Lent, where some people fast, some people take up new habits, um, but we all seek to know Jesus more in an individual and communal way. Um, And then last announcement, we have youth group coming up. We wanted to let you know that... 
Um, youth group was canceled for January while they went up to Spring Hill. Twelve kids had an amazing time at Spring Hill last week. Um, got to learn so much about what it means to be all in for God, um, as well as going tubing and doing all of the fun things. Um, so we're going to be starting back up on our regular schedule, which is the first and third Fridays of the month for youth group. They're going to be in the student stadium on Friday, February 2nd. So thanks, everybody. And that's what's happening at Crossroads. All right. Woohoo. This is exciting. All right, so I must confess, I came with a different outfit on today, but I couldn't resist putting on my lion sweatshirt. So here is the <laughs> This is why I have the boots on. You know, I had a nice little sweater on, but then my boyfriend was like, "You should wear it." And I get here and everybody's like, "Where's your lions? We're die-hard lions fans." So Super, super excited. All right. So today we're going to be talking about um, a new perspective on shalom. And so there's a, three things that I'm going to talk about. Um, first, the meaning of shalom. God is our shalom through Jesus Christ. And then us as peacemakers. But first, let me show you who is the new shalom in the Thomas household. <laughs> this is our wonderful dog. Actually, I say he's my mom's dog, but dad does a lot with him. But this is Shalom. Um, he's actually that big now, but I call him little big dog because he's short, he's stocky. But he just had that, that, that peace, like when we first seen him, it was like, oh. So that's our, that's our new Shalom outside of God with us. And, you know. All right, so let's go into what Shalom is. So shalom is the Hebrew word for hello or goodbye that means peace. So um, in some different cultures, you know, they say shalom, and that's like a form of goodbye or, you know, saying hello. And so um, shalom is also a theme throughout the Bible. Um, But when we think of peace, we typically think of peace in ways like um, when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. He said, Jesus speaks to her and says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So that's another form. Or when Paul wrote, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's another form of peace. But then when you think about the world, the world kind of looks at peace as an absence of conflict. Would you agree with that? Look at it as an absence of conflict. But in reality, there is so much going on, whether it's in the news media, um, whether it's headlines dominating our social feeds. We got a lot of things that are going on in this world. And so we live in a world of constant conflict. And this goes back to the fall in the garden. So you think about, we see in the beginning where division and war in our world happened when Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden tree. And then death entered the world. And so um, that death was a complete physical and spiritual death. And because of the fall, division entered every relationship we have. So we had Eve had conflict with her husband. Uh, We had Adam had to till the ground and survive. We had Cain and Abel, brother killing a a brother. That's kind of deep there. Um, The sin that grieved God and motivated the flood. We had the great flood. And it was just violence everywhere. So this is all, you know, throughout the Bible. And then in reality, this is what's going on in our world today. 
So the biblical idea of shalom doesn't refer to the end of conflict. The word, the word means much more than not being at war. It can also be translated as salvation or wholeness. This kind of peace is bringing salvation to men and make whole, and God brings healing from all that limits us. In Luke 4.18, Jesus claims this as his mission, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. That is God's peace. The good news is that Jesus left us a gift. He left us a gift of peace to help us in the midst of the troubled world. So Jesus is actually our shalom. He is our peace. And often we think, again, that peace is the absence of trouble. But reality, peace is the presence of God in the midst of trouble. He is our peace in the midst. There is going to be trouble. There is going to be conflict. But God is our peace in that. Consider what Jesus said to his disciples on the night before he was going to be crucified. So John 14, 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Again, the gift that he gives is the gift that the world cannot give. The world can't give us peace. God is our peace. So he's saying, um, Jesus is saying, I have great peace that's going to get me through the pain and suffering of the cross and bring me to the other side victorious. So he is leaving this same peace, or he left that same peace with us. We are victorious because of what God left us. It's a matter of having the peace of Jesus on the inside, even though there are troubles on the outside. As much as we want peace, there is no lasting peace in this world, which is why we desperately need God in our lives. And there is no other way to have peace with God except through Jesus Christ, who accomplished reconciliation by his sacrificial death on that cross. Having made peace by his work on the cross, he now grants us perfect peacefulness, and we know that he is with us and will never forsake us. Amen. True peace is found through a relationship with Christ. That's true peace. You got to have a relationship with Christ. This doesn't mean that we won't have difficulties in our lives. Things happen. You know, we, we have all kinds of things that just pop up like, oh, God, where did this come from? But you know what? God is with us through it all. And I actually have a testament of that. It was, I was going through a difficult time one time, and um, it was kind of like, God, I literally said, God, I'm done with this. I can't take this no more. And literally, it was a peace. His peace came all over me. It was almost like I was like, oh, my God. It was a feeling that I, I can't even explain it because it just came all over me. And it, and it just really gave me a peace that just really kind of stilled and brought all of those questions and things that I had going on in my mind, it just really calmed it all down. I know that he was with me through that, and he got me through it. Now I'm on the other side of it. So God is with you. No matter what difficulties, what troubles you're going through, he is with you. But again, you got to have that relationship with him. God is a God of hope, and he, and he enables us to overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Even in tough seasons, God provides all we need, the perfect peace to face each storm. So the Hebrew word shalom is so rich in meaning. It means peace of mind, a calmness, a serenity from within, a wholeness within. Who doesn't want to live in peace? To be free from strife. Peace is God's gift to us and is meant to be a constant in our lives because of his presence in our lives. Romans 5.1 says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. We are friends with God, and he has made us his children. God gives us his peace, settles our hearts in peace, and makes provision for us to live in perfect peace. But there's always something that is trying to steal our peace, isn't it? Amen to that one. It is so easy to let mistakes and failures, other people, because they try to do that too, and our life circumstances disrupt our inner peace. The Bible says that we are to seek peace and pursue it. That's 1 Peter 3 and 11. So we receive the peace of God as a gift, but we also have to pursue it and maintain it in every area of our lives. So here's the next point. Us as peacemakers. All right. So throughout the Bible, there was division and conflict. And even today, we still have division and conflict. But one thing we know We are to be peacemakers in the midst of division and conflict. So Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. So, peacemakers. There's a misconception of peace, peace, a misconception of us being peacemakers. So peace in the Bible is never to be confused with nonviolence, non-aggression, or avoidance of conflict. Never are we instructed to run from conflict, putting our head in the sand, hoping that the conflict will end, because a lot of times that's what we want to do. We want to run away from it instead of taking it head on. Um, And this really only delays the inevitable, because it's going to happen. The person who glosses over the problems, acting as if everything is all right when it is not, is not a peacemaker. Reality is reality. So there are times in the Bible where God's people had to go to war, but before they went, they sought and worshiped God. So even though we have these conflicts, things going on, sought, worshiped God, and then they went on and did what they had to do. So meaning of peacemakers. So what did Jesus mean by peacemaker? It's actually a working definition And it's someone who is actively, actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. We can see that this word is comprised of two very common words. There's peace and there's maker. So as I mentioned before, what is peace? Peace is the Hebrew word for shalom, often used as a greeting. But then you got the word make. So make in the terms of peacemaker comes from the Greek verb that means to do or to make. It's a word full of energy, so we're supposed to be doing something. It mandates action and initiative. 
So when these two words are taken together, peace and maker, it describes one who actively pursues peace. The peacemaker pursues more than the absence of conflict. They don't avoid strife. In fact, sometimes peacemakers will create strife. Ain't that right, Nate? That's my sister over there. <laughs> that's why I had to look at her, because sometimes it's, that, that is. I mean, we might have to make strife. All right, so <laughs> she's cracking up over there. <laughs> they aren't trying to accommodate everyone. Instead, they are pursuing all the beauty and blessedness of God upon another. So here's a method of peacemaking. Peacemakers are all those who work to end conditions that can constrict others' lives. Jesus said that he came to give us life to the full, life more abundantly. Anything that keeps people from the fullness of life that Jesus offered is anti-wholeness and is anti-shalom. Christ wants to free us from all that limits the life of God in us and around us. He wants us to be whole. The world so badly needs to hear the message of wholeness, of shalom, of the peace of God. And he wants this for all of us. So if you look at it right now, we've got systems that oppress God's people. We got injustice. We got violence. We got economic and slavery in all of its forms, which is it's just horrible. And we even have those small and comfortable evils that we see or do every day that we actually do. So, shalom does not mean to escape from the world, but engagement with the world in all its brokenness. We have to engage with this world. We are the life of, for this world. We are the salvation to this world. God gave us this gift, and we are to take it into the world. Peacemakers are those who see that the world and its people are broken, but also hold a dream, a vision, that God can and does reach out to heal our world. And God does it through the acts of those who live by the values where God's will is being done. Jesus used the world, used the plural here, peacemakers, plural, implying that it's not a task for any one of us alone and that the world needs more than one kind of peacemaker. That's the beauty of diversity. The way I do, the way I am as a peacemaker, the way you are as a peacemaker, it can be totally different ways, but we're doing God's work. So think about the different aspects of peacemaking and the different contexts in which each of us is called to act for peace. At home, at work, in our church, in the community, in the world. We are different, and our role in peacemaking varies in all these places. We all have different skills that God can use. So again, peacemaking is active. It is not enough to pray for peace because a lot of times that's what we want to do. We want to pray things away. But we try to live peaceably. We must also work for justice, investing ourselves in our communities for the good of all. Even though we are not permanent residents of this world, we have a role to play while we are here. God's plan is for us to make a difference here and now. And sometimes... I'm laughing because sometimes we might just have to put, put our big girl pants on and our big boy pants on and hit it. It's just, it's just reality. 
because we are in a dying world that desperately needs God. Jeremiah wrote to God's people in exile, giving them a plan for action. While living in a culture that did not accept their values, he told them, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have children. Seek the welfare, shalom, of the city where I have sent you in exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And that's Jeremiah 29. So, this is still good advice to us in our exile. Living in a culture that does not operate by kingdom values. We are to build houses to provide for immediate needs. We are to plant, to invest in efforts that will bear fruit in the future. And we are to pray and act for the welfare of our city. For our wholeness depends in part on its wholeness. So I want to leave you with some questions here. Where do you hear our world calling for someone to come and help? Think about that. Where can you see a situation that needs changing? What do you believe God wants for the world? Peacemakers are those who see the world's needs and hold in their hearts a vision of the world made whole. When we act to make that vision a reality, we claim our identity as God's sons and daughters. Amen? All right, so I have um, an exciting announcement that is something that'll be cool. I'm hoping people will participate. But... I am going to be um, leading a Bible study on Shalom. And um, it's by Erebon. Um, it's a, pla- a people, a place, and a just society. So um, Shalom and a just society is the name of the, of the study. And these are the four areas that, that we're going to um, be talking about. And this God's vision for a just society, God's plan for Shalom, Sorrow and shalom in the promised land, and Israel rejects God as king. So, um, actually, we're going to roll a video right here so you'll get an idea of what this Bible study is going to be about. And the cool thing about it is there is a part two to this that we're also going to do. All right? So, you can go ahead and roll the video. Our world is torn apart by divisions. We have all felt the pain of our community splintering along political, social, economic, and racial lines. Christian communities aren't immune. People are more influenced by their politics than by scripture. Our society is more likely to think of Christians as a polarizing presence rather than compassionate peacemakers. You know the relational pain and cost of these divisions in your community, and you need biblically grounded resources that point your people not to the left or the right, but to the way of Christ. Since 2008, Arabon has equipped Christian leaders like you with discipleship resources that help communities embody Christ-likeness in the areas of race, justice, and peacemaking. Our 
our latest resource, A People, A Place, and A Just Society, is a group Bible study series that engages these divisive topics on the unifying ground of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, your community will dig deep into God's heart for justice and reconciliation, finding wisdom, gaining discernment, and pursuing faithful action. God's Word provides desperately needed hope and guidance for the complexities we face every day. Visit Arabon.com slash PPJS to get this resource now. So this um, study is, is really cool because it's actually done on an app. So we'll be able to communicate and um, do the study um, through the app, and it's a daily thing that we'll do. And then we'll come together um, as a group, whether it be virtual um, or in person or a hybrid Um, to talk about some things about what we just did. And so here's the QR code if you're interested. It's going to ask you some questions um, of, you know, what's what's the best time? What's your idea of, you know, when we should meet? It should be weekly. I think it's weekly and biweekly on there. So if you're interested, go ahead and scan that QR code and um, complete that short survey. And then, um, yeah, I'll be excited. Hope we get some. I see people putting their phones up. So, um, like I said, this app it is ten dollars, which is not which is not bad, and that's just to pay for um, the app. So it's pretty cool. We'll be able to do things on our phones. It's almost like online learning. <laughs> All right. So, Lord, I thank you for this um, beautiful day that you have made, and I thank you for your peace um, that is with us. You are with us. You are God with us. And Lord, I just um, pray, Lord, that your peace will be with your people, Lord, um, as we go throughout our day, as we go through our week, Lord, and that as we go through this journey um, that we're on, Lord, let your peace be with us. Let us know when we (laughs) are to be peacemakers, um, when we need to just actually just accept your peace and be Um, with you um, in this, Lord. So thank you, God, for all that you do. Um, Thank you, God, for this church. And thank you, God, for our leaders here. And um, we just love you. And um, thank you for all that you do. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, God, for our hallelujah, for the shalom that you've instilled with us and the peacemaking that's ours to do. God, we're so grateful for this reminder. We're grateful for the reminder of Tesha, Tesha, thank you so much for that word of reminder and encouragement, that word of sending us forth, really, to do the work of peace. So let me just uh, pray and bless you for this week to come. And maybe if you came with somebody, if you want to hold hands, lock arms, put your hand on their shoulder, and we'll bless one another with this blessing. Let me just say it over you once first, and then I'll say it a second time so that you can repeat it. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's do this one more time together. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ Christ. and the love of God and the the fellowship fellowship of the Holy Spirit Spirit. be with you all. Amen. 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 Have a wonderful week, everyone.